big pharma takes what is in nature, what God gave us, and they manipulate it to make money. A lot of people felt that they had to get the vaccine, even if they were not, didn't want to do it. There are a lot of people that are regretting it. As we get older, routine is everything to us, and we're actually getting back to the basics. People are awake to the lies that we've been taught. Welcome, everybody, to the Power of Your Voice podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Murphy, and super happy and grateful that you're here. And once again, thank you for all the those of you that are subscribing, thumbs up, liking, but more importantly, I like to share. And, and today's subject is going to be super powerful, and today's guest is super powerful. So you're going to want to share this um, because there's going to be a lot of great information of what's really going on. Before I get to that, I just want to mention a little update on Mountains of Hope. Um, our grand opening uh, retreat is January 6th, so I hope you're ready to start 20 and 24 with a big bang. Get all the toxicity or start getting the toxicity out of your body. Let us show you what nutrition should go into your body. And then we have other cutting-edge tools like we do a brain map, then we do neurofeedback. Uh, we give you a heart math device and you do biofeedback. Uh, we have 30 hours of powerful education um, from people similar to what you're going to hear about right now today. Um, then we have two classes every day from yoga to uh, qigong to stretching to rebounding, um, ice baths to, to brain. I mean, we cover it all. And it's very inexpensive because we're down here in Medellin, Colombia, but it's only a three-hour flight from Miami. We pick you up right the moment you walk out of customs. And our retreat center is only a 15-minute drive away. So I promise you this. If you come to Mountains of Hope and you do our signature retreat, you are going to lose a lot of weight and a lot of toxicity that's in your body. Your energy is going to skyrocket. You're going to learn so much about how the body works, how to clean it, how to hydrate it, how to give it the right nutrition. You're going to start to learn how this thing really works and why we don't want to live here. I call it the insane asylum. But you're going to learn about the left and the right brain, the conscious and the subconscious. But more importantly, we're going to encourage you with a lot of uh, ceremonies and what have you to move from here back into this beautiful heart where, where you really live, where your true soul essence is. And when you can live from this space, then you can use this supercomputer to manifest what it is that you truly want. I find that when I live here, Okay, it's dangerous. From here, I can lie, I can cheat, I can manipulate, I can do all kinds of stuff. From here, it can only love and serve you. So, so that's it's an amazing retreat. I hope you can make it. Start 2024 out great. Now, today's topic: what is really going on with the medical industry and why we can't talk about it? So today's guest is Jody O'Malley, who is an author a columnist, a radio host, a motivational speaker, transformative life strategist, faith-based master's prepared critical care nurse, and hospital supervisor. Her career caring for COVID patients at a federal hospital for Native Americans ended abruptly after she courageously shared her insider video with Project Veritas. 
showing the extent of underreported vaccine injuries and outright corruption of the healthcare system where policy and protocol have taken precedence over the patient's bill of rights. Welcome to the show, Jody. Uh, thank you for having me, Mike. I hope reading your bio didn't get us censored. I really don't even know how any of this works anymore. <laughs> but, I know. But what 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 is going on in in you you come out of the medical industry. What what is really going on? I think what's going on today versus three years ago are people are awake. We're awake to the lies that we've been taught. We we blindly, literally blindly followed what we were told. We trusted the government that they were doing the studies and they were doing the research and that's why we pushed vaccination or different, you know, drugs, you know, for different disease ailments. And now you have a bunch of nurses that realize that we were fed a bunch of lies and now our eyes are open. And for those courageous enough to speak out, you know, we're, we're speaking out. But I don't think this is the first time we've been lied to. I think this was the first time where everybody was involved in that lie from the media to the government to the medical administrators. And, and my understanding is there was a lot of money involved with adding COVID to everything. And what did you see in, in your role as a nurse there during those times? Well, I would agree. I mean, you know, when I say that we realize that we were fed a bunch of lies, you know, that started in January, February with the propaganda messaging, you know, the 24 seven death toll and, and all of that, that came along with it and, and realized that this is just a medical industrial complex that's controlling us and trying to control our mind. You know, the, the government is in bed with the news media with the universities, with the hospital system, with big pharma. And yeah, and it's just, it was crazy how so many went lockstep and, and listened to it and, you know, and followed it. Yes. And so they were experts at generating enormous fear and mm -hmm. especially in the elderly and I think a lot, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel as if a lot of people felt that they had to get the vaccine, even if they were not didn't want to do it. But they had to do it to either go see their grandparents or see their grandkids or in my sister's case, to even play golf at her country club. Um, and now what I'm hearing, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm hearing a lot of people now regret that and want to know how to detox that out of their body. So is do you hear a lot of people regretting it? And is it possible to detox that out of your body? Yes, there are a lot of people that are regretting it. You know, there was a lot of people that did not want it. You know, you think they, so the, the injection, that's what I call it because it's not the definition of a vaccine that came out in December and by January, everybody was able to get it. And here, fast forward to 2021, August, September, they literally had to threaten people with their jobs and livelihood in order to get the medical industry to take it. Now, we were quote unquote healthcare heroes for so long. And and we and we did what we, you know, what we're trained to do, what we're educated to do. 
And we were fine with assuming the potential risk of not getting injected. And they realized that, that they had to coerce people with their paycheck or, you know, then Mike, you know, it was the families that were coercing, you know, each other and saying, you can't come and see mom. You can't, you know, come to the graduation. You can't come to the family unless you are injected. And very, very, very few people did not comply with that. Many people were strong armed in order to do it. And, you know, we just had Canada come out uh, yesterday. I posted about 74% of their double vaccinated population, I believe, are coming down with what they're calling VADES, right? That's vaccine acquired immune deficiency syndrome. And that's what we're seeing, Mike, you know, is that what we knew the potential risk for those of us that did move to alternative media in 2020, because we recognized that our government was literally trying to kill us. uh, We knew that that was a potential. We knew that this mRNA technology could lower the T cell immunity And that's essentially what AIDS did, was lower T-cell immunity. So now put a V in front of it and you have AIDS. Um, You know, is there a way to detox? There are different protocols that are out there now. Um, Dr. McCullough has one that he was actually was able to get published. And, you know, but honestly, you know. I, I, I couldn't answer that. It's tough. Yeah. Well, I think it's tough because it's what I've been reading lately is forget the RNA, it's affecting people's DNA. And so therefore mm-hmm. those new cells that are reproducing are, are, are mutated already. And so, and then you talk about the T cells, well, which is the immune system and we're having all these turbo cancers. I mean, people yeah. that, that had cancer and been re, uh, in remission Boom, and they, but it comes back with a vengeance. Are you seeing that as well? Oh yeah, I, I'm not. I haven't worked in the hospital since September of 2021. But as a whistleblower, I receive I, countless emails, messages, uh, social media DMs telling me what, what nurses and doctors telling me what they're seeing. Uh, and yes. It's an extreme rise, especially with this with this new booster that they have out, right? That is the you know taking it with the the flu shot. Right. They are seeing DVTs um, happening, not DVTs. Excuse me. Uh, clots in the arteries. They are seeing seizures happening in the emergency room after receiving the injection. Uh, what what we thought could be possible with the loss of life is certainly happening. And, you know, mainstream media is just trying to normalize it, saying it's normal for a child to die on the field, right? It's normal. What do we come up with? Another one, um, adult, you know, sudden infant death, Some, yes, but now yeah. it's, yeah, yeah, now it's adult infant death. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just, it's crazy. They, they've changed the definitions of things. They try to do that with immunity and natural immunity and yeah you you just you just said something to me that struck a chord and i'll tell you why uh, about 
10 days or two weeks ago, I lost a very one of my closest friends. And I, I've cried twice um, when I've lost a, a male friend. And this was the second time. That's how close he was to me. And in speaking to my wife, that he had to get the flu. He, he had a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he was going in for a bone marrow transplant, right? So, but, but he was still strong and big and healthy, right? And my wife told me that he had to get the flu shot to go in and do that bone marrow transplant. And then you just mentioned that they're putting the vaccine in there as well. And, and the bone marrow transplant, but it was going fine, and then boom, it just turned on him, and he was dead in a blink of an eye. And I can't help but wonder you know, what was in that flu vaccine and, and what, you know, because it was sudden and it, the cancer just exploded and it was a lymphoma cancer, but it exploded in his intestines. Um, the, it's crazy. And more importantly, um, what happened to our rights <laughs> as, a, as a patient? You know, my father had to go in um, in the middle of all that. No, no visitors. Here's an 85-year-old man in this place, they wouldn't let him go um, for a week. I mean, that probably had a lot to do with his eventual death, which was shortly thereafter. But I've heard horror stories of people that die alone, um, and 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 then you know they were put on that one drug that was causing kidney failure, and then they were being intubated and really had no choice, right? Right, right, because it was something happened with our government and, and literally overnight, some memo went out and every single hospital administrator, you know, followed again in lockstep and said, OK, everything that we normally do for respiratory illnesses, we are not doing any of that, any of it. You're going to send people home unless they're blue and they're having trouble breathing. And then if they come into the hospital, we're going to put them on an experimental medication and isolate them. And we are going to give nurses and doctors the ability not to have to go into the room that often because we're in a quote unquote pandemic. So our standards of care were lowered. Um, isolation, you talk about isolation. And, you know, I think that was a, a huge one. When someone is admitted into the hospital or in the nursing home, say, right? Isolation in, in is stress. That's yes. stress. And stress kills. And when you move the uh, remove the advocate from the bedside, essentially, right. you know, the nurses and doctors can do whatever they want. They don't have to answer that call light for the daughter who is saying, my mom needs to get up and go to the bathroom, yes. right? Yes. So that call light just keeps blinking. And you have another nurse that has to gown up from head to toe and put on this dog and pony show because I don't know if your listeners know, but like surgeon um, Jerome Adams, he has a new book that's coming out and they all do, right, Mike? They all do. They, they leave and then they write a book and then they say, you know, Dr. Deborah Burks did right. the same thing. Right. But Jerome Adams literally tweeted in promo for his new book that ventilation was the absolute biggest missed opportunity for the pandemic. And I was like, really? Because I wrote about it in my book and I'm just a nurse. How did I know that ventilation and circulation was top priority? Those are called engineering controls. We had the ability to outfit every single home in America for a few hundred dollars 
with some technology that they could put in their HVAC system and destroy whatever viruses, bacteria is in the home. And he comes out now and says, oops. And my colleagues who are also whistleblowers and they're trained uh, exposure scientists, they said, we've been telling you. We've been we've been reaching out, emailing you, posting since 2020. And he said, oh, well, at least we're all on the same page now. And they're like, what? are you kidding me? Thousands of lives, millions of lives have been lost. Yeah, I, I actually interviewed a nurse from Canada that's going through hell up there. And uh, she told me that she was a nurse in, in the nursing home. And she, you know, there's patients that need routine, right? As we get older, routine is everything to us. And she said that she would have to, in the morning, this is before 2020, call, let her, you know, talk to the daughter and say, what time are you going to be here today? And then she would tell the mom. And so that she, you know, wasn't stressed out all day thinking she got hit by a car and all of these things. You know, once COVID happened, a week later, she was dead because her daughter couldn't come into the nursing home. Do you know how many thousands of stories that that is, Mike? I think tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's heartbreaking. And that's inhum- yeah. inhumane treatment. Absolutely. And then you brought up hospital administrators. And I find it interesting. You know, I'm sure when I was, uh, I grew up in the 60s. And I'm sure back then, all these hospitals were owned by individual people. Okay, and now it's these big corporations, just like every other industry, you know, and the hospital administrators, the CEO, how much money were they getting to play along with this? You know, if we put COVID on the death certificate, we get this. If we give them, what's a drug, Reservoir or something like that? Yeah, don't say it. Okay, okay, don't say that drug. <laughs> that one that starts, yeah. yeah. And, and, an and, and then if we put you on this breathing device, how much money could they get? I mean, it was hundreds of thousands, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I think they said the average uh, length of stay with that di- uh, COVID positive diagnosis on that drug that starts with an R and ends with an R, um, you know, uh, it was about $350,000. And anybody can go right now, I encourage you, go to your uh, the local hospital's website and look at their financial documents. And see how much money did they make in 2020, 2021, 2022. And, you know, now that the COVID money is is gone, you know, we, we even have big corporations that are that are folding, right? So our landscape in our in America has changed like literally so dramatically, so dramatically. So let's talk about you and your courage. Because it had to take enormous courage for you to one step out of this mess to become a whistleblower three write a book so talk about that yeah so in february of 2020 i was sitting in the nurse's station at the hospital and i had just come back from seattle and um and i came back and i and i got sick and you know i was off of work for a few days and you know and once my fever was broke 24 hours i went back that's what we normally did and then i heard that there was this virus out there and i thought well maybe i might have had it it might it was a hot spot i guess but you know i handled it 
But when I found out that the world was shutting down, I was sitting in the ER and one of the nurses said, yeah, the whole world's going to really get on board. Don't travel if you don't have to. We're all going to, you know, stay home and slow the spread. And I said, the whole world is doing this. And she said, yes. And I literally looked up to God and I said, I'm supposed to pay attention to this part, right? Because I was brought up in a spirit-filled church that spoke on end times prophecy. So I knew the word more than I realized that I did. And I mean, I've, I've had a life, I guess you would call it of courage or, you know, just being a bold young woman. I mean, I dropped out of school at 15, got a fake ID, got pregnant at 16. You know, I've, I've done a lot of different things in my life. And, but at this point it was almost like a, I need you, I need you to pay attention. And so at that moment, I said, I am going to follow faith over fear because the Bible tells us over 365 times not to fear, not to be anxious, not to worry for anything. So if we're doing those things, that's not from God. You spoke about the heart. You know, that's how, that's how we talk to God through our heart, you know? And so throughout that whole time, I immersed myself in education, literally not only living and breathing COVID in the hospital, but I was just educating myself 24 seven. I was dreaming of things and, and I just knew what we had talked about that there's a potential for, well, I knew it. Any, anybody that used critical thinking would know that if you shut down a society, even for two weeks, it is going to harm the kids. You know, all of the abuse that's at home. What about the people that are in recovery, right? Yeah. They Now they can't go to their meetings and they've been sober for 30 years. I, I just knew the destruction. And then I started seeing it in the, in the hospital. And so then the injections rolled out in December. I worked for the Native Americans and Phoenix Indian Medical Center. It's a federal hospital for Native Americans. Uh, uh, under, act, I, on a reservation property, on their property? Well, no, it's actually in Phoenix. Okay. It's the it's a hospital system that covers all different disciplines. I, baby, mom, okay. you know, all of that. And so it's a campus, essentially, that we serve, you know, the four corners. So sometimes they would come in, you know, to the hospital and, and, and all of that. So... It was a small hospital, but we served the natives. Um, and, and I'm just only. and I'm just curious because I know in the African American community they were very gun shy of this because of past histories. How about the Native Indians? It's what, no, they they, 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 they wanted it. They were receptive and wanted it. I was oh just yeah. yeah, they they wanted it because Mike, the Native Americans lost seven years off of their lifespan. Seven. Okay, their average age of living went back to 1920 numbers. Now, when, so, when, when and why? Why did that happen? When did that happen? So what happened uh, from my perspective is that they shut down the reservation, right? They told people to stay home and not leave. And what was happening, people were still leaving. You know, these Native Americans, they live in multi-generational households. Many of them don't have running water or electricity. And so if there was, you know, a sickness and they came home, it was going to spread like wildfire to them. 
And, you know, and then what did they do? You know, they tell us to order Uber Eats or they, they eat horrible food and high sugar content. You know, people like to talk about the comorbidities of other populations. Well, the Native Americans have all of them, right? And yeah. and I don't know. It, to me, it was targeted. It, it, it just felt targeted yeah. because I would have sometimes whole families um, admitted into the hospital, three or four of them in the same room, you know? I mean, so it they put the fear of God in these people and they all lined up for the injection. And then after that, and, and they were fine for the most part in 2020. What happened after the injections rolled out in December and January was positive diagnosis after positive diagnosis and injuries that people weren't recognizing. Doctors and nurses, we weren't, they weren't even asking the question, are you vaccinated? If so, when? Right? So what we were supposed to do as medical providers was to gather the data. We were in stage three trials. We're, we're supposed to gather the data and nobody was gathering the data because nobody was asking because most of them were injected, right? They don't want to find out though this, this harmful biologic agent that I took that I can't get out of my body. I'm not even going to ask if it's a possibility. Yeah. So let's fast forward to the, the summer. And that is when the summer of 2021 and you know, um, the Lord just laid on my heart, record, record. And, and then I heard. So you were, re saying, you were recording the injuries and the symptoms and the. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. Yes, I was. I, I was hospital supervisor. My coworker was admitted into the hospital two weeks after her first injection, sick. And she had a positive diagnosis but she wasn't requiring any intervention. Like her oxygen was fine. Blood pressure was fine. She just said, I feel awful. And she wanted to try um, the ivermectin. And we, a doctor said that she would order it, talk to pharmacy and pharmacy said, I can't give it or else I'm going to lose my job. And I thought, are you kidding me? You're, you're just following orders blindly. You know, and so I called her into my office and that's when the Lord said, record this. And I was scared. I was so scared. I said, I'm at the pinnacle of my career. I, I love serving this community. I'd only been there for a couple of years at that point. And um, but I did it and I re-listened to the tape and I said, oh, my gosh, she literally said that she's just following orders and she refused to educate herself because she said she didn't have the time. Mm. And at that point is when I started recording with my with my cell phone. I started recording the, you know, cases of myocarditis, pericarditis, and I did this over a very short amount of time and then I released it with James O'Keefe and it went viral, had over 5 million views in just a couple of days. Um, even though it was censored. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I became a whistleblower. Well, I commend you for your courage and thank you for doing that. What do you think's You're next? Welcome. Because I, I still see this vaccine being advertised safe and effective. Um, I don't think many people are taking it from what I can gather. And so 
what's next in the playbook as far as this, or are they done with this? Well, I think there's going to be something else, right? Um, you know, if anybody knows about Agenda 2030, you know, that was like a conspiracy theory a couple of years ago until you actually saw the meetings and you listened to them and it's in black and white on their website. And, you know, uh, what's going to happen next? I don't put anything past them because it's evil. You know, I, I believe the nation is so far removed from God and that the the spirits, like, you know, Jonathan Kahn, who is an amazing um, teacher, he has a book out called Return of the Gods. And it, it really makes a lot of sense because it's like, you know, we, we know that these these gods, they controlled the earth. And then you had Jesus come. And really, it was the largest mass exorcism the, the world's ever seen, right? Because people were being delivered of their spirits. And then, you know, they went away. But, you know, the Bible tells us that like once the spirit is removed from the home and that home turns away from God, it comes back and brings seven more with them. This is scripture. And this is what we're seeing happening in America. And I believe it all started, you know, in the 60s with the, the love movement, removing the mom from the home, saying you need to go out and work. Now put your kids into public schools, which is an indoctrination camp and and they didn't teach us the Constitution. They didn't teach us health, right? Um, you know, probably when you were growing up, Mike, you know, <laughs> everybody looked fit like you. Yes. There, there was actually standards that you had to adhere to, and myself included. I'm almost 50. You know, we had to take tests every year that we were, you know, could do a couple push-ups and, right. and right. all of that. We, we don't do any of that anymore. And yeah. And I think what we're seeing happening are people recognizing that we need community again, that we need to um, grow our own food, have good water sources. And a lot of people, a lot of nurses, tons of nurses have left nursing and are homesteading. Mm. I've heard hundreds of stories of that. And so I think that's what people are doing. We're actually getting back to the basics. Okay, let's talk about that because I was on your website this morning and there's a functional nurse academy. So yes. can you tell us about that? Yeah, so a lot of the amazing nurses that walked away from the system, their eyes were open. I said they, you know, they woke up the sleeping giants is what they did. All of us dissenting critical thinkers were like, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We, you lied to us. We pushed this on people and now we're going to take our our spirit and our education and our love for humanity and we're going to do something good and that's melissa is one of them she is um a, a functional medicine nurse and she started her own um, functional nurse academy so people can go on and take this self-paced course for you know i mean it's so inexpensive compared to what's out there but it's self-guided. Uh, it's 90 CEUs that she's offering for continuing education. And it's aimed to get nurses who still want to nurse, but they don't want to do it in the system anymore, which is a blessing because now we can go back to like Florence Nightingale, right? We can go back to those days where we went to people's homes. Now, a lot of times it's virtually, but we can we can do it. There's there's the technology there, and it's all aimed 
for to prevent people from not going to the hospital. So do me a favor, um, because at Mountains of Hope, uh, we we our detox is medically supervised with a doctor on premise, and it's a functional medicine doctor. So tell the audience a little bit about a functional medicine doctor versus allopathic regular. Yeah, so a functional medicine practitioner, whether it be a nurse or a physician, um, they're trained to get to the root cause. Um, and a lot of us know that it all starts in the gut, right? There's so most of our immune um, system is in the gut. So we have to heal the gut versus allopathic medicine where they you have doctors now that they don't have their own practices and see patients in the hospital anymore. Uh, all the hospital, all the hospitals, especially the big ones, they are ran by hospitalists, which are paycheck doctors. And those paycheck doctors, they literally type in what they think the chief complaint is. And then it gives them a diagnosis and then it gives them a certain list of medications from big pharma for them to prescribe. And even if they know that say the fourth or fifth one on the list tends to work better in their patients or their population, they don't, they can't give it. They have to start with number one, let that fail, go with number two, et cetera, et cetera. So functional medicine, and you have to be careful even these days, because even the alternative um, physicians, they were brainwashed as well. So you really need to get to know your provider and see what do they follow? You know, who, who do they serve, essentially? And are they living in fear? Because yeah. if you have any provider that's pushing the vaccine, um, yeah, I wouldn't go to them. I, I would not recommend anybody injecting themselves with any vaccine anymore. Yeah, here, here's the way I see it. Because I think most doctors are really good people and had a really good intention and really wanted to go out and help people. And so, therefore, they enroll into medical school and cost a lot of money. And let's say it's a four-year medical school and then their fellowship and blah, blah, blah. And let's say they got a half a million in... Um, student loan debt now and they've graduated and then they've worked their way up and now they've gotten married they got a couple kids they've gotten their own practice and they're 10 years into this thing and they say this doesn't work <laughs> and because ray charles can see it's not working okay and and right. so now but they're stuck i i mean my doctor's a my general practitioner in america is a good friend i see how hard he has to work and, and then they do things like this. So I'm a car dealer, right? So, so when you have a new car, it's under warranty. You bring it to us, we fix it. We go to the manufacturer, they reimburse us. Doctors the same way, except there used to be 1,500 codes. Now there's 15,000. And if they don't cross a T or dot an I, guess what? They don't get paid. So their expenses have gone. And that's why I, I don't think you can go to a normal doctor and, and spend more three, four, or five minutes with them because that's all the time they have. Here in Columbia, I go see a doctor. It's a 30-minute consult or longer, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it costs hardly anything. Um, so, so that's problem number one. The system is broke. And the other thing for you guys watching out there is the third leading cause of death in America, number one is heart disease. Number two is cancer, and they're almost 50-50. It's almost one out of two. You're going to get one or the other, right? But the third leading cause is medicine. 
or drugs from medicine. So, so you have to be very, very careful there, and you have to do your own research. So if you can find a functional doctor, I'll give you a prime example. I'm 35. I go to the doctor. I have high, my high, high, high blood pressure. He says, no big deal, Mike. Just take these for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, dude, you're 35. Why do you have high blood pressure? Let's figure that out. And then instead of drugs, how about we do some meditation? How about we do some longer walks? How about we do more hiking? And let's start figuring out and let's look at you. Let's get a food diary and let's figure out if it's food or if it's caffeine, whatever, right? That just makes common sense to me. Okay, moving on. Sorry about that. The VARES. I'm sure you've been there and seen it. Can you kind of explain to us what it is, how accurate it is, and are they messing with that now? Well, that, that was another big problem is the VAERS is a va- at vaccine adverse event reporting system. Which is which and has been around forever, long before COVID. Been around yeah. forever. Yeah. In 2010, Harvard did a study that said that only 1% of injuries are recorded. Okay. That was in 2010. And here here's the big problem, Mike, is that you don't really have nurses and doctors trained on VAERS or recognizing adverse event from a vaccination. Why? Because they don't ask. Okay. Somebody presents, you know, especially a child, you know, you you have to ask, did you receive your, your vaccination? If, if so, when, when did these symptoms start? Like you said, you're a detective, you're starting to, to, you know, have the story unfold in front of you. Well, first of all, they don't have the time to do that anymore. And the only ones that really are trained in VAERS reporting are pediatric doctors or nurses because they're the ones who give the majority. And that to me was one of the biggest, you know, that was something that I brought up to HHS. And I said, how come what we do so every year we have to do a lot of continuing education okay once a year you have hundreds of hours pop up in your electronic you know program and you have to go down and you have to redo the same ones over and over to make sure that you're still competent okay why didn't they add that why didn't they add vaccine adverse event reporting and tell us how to do it or tell us that there is, um, they're they're having a certain department that are going to handle it, but we need you guys to recognize it. So if you recognize it, but click this box, we will do the investigation. None of that happened anywhere. I guarantee you. So that right there just tells you that they didn't care about the data. And so, is it accurate? Absolutely not. It's antiquated. And they've known that it was antiquated, but they, they're not going to put big farmers, not putting money into seeing if the vaccines aren't working. They don't study them. They don't study commute, uh, cumulative dose. Well, see all of this, a lot of us nurses and doctors thought that they were studying it, that they were studying the ingredients. They, they didn't do any of that. They still haven't to this day. And so, yeah, there, there's a, a website called openvares.com, and they take the complicated uh, reports from CDC because you can't, you go on CDC and you want to get a report and find out how many 20-year-olds 
in this area, how to, I mean, you'll, you need a program, you need education to figure out that. So open VAERS puts that in, um, in a, in a great format. So you can see how many injuries and, and all of that and the highwire.com, they do good work with that as well. Well, you know, I went on the site. It's very cumbersome, very difficult to figure out. And I, I don't even think if I was a patient, I was in I don't even think I could navigate it. Right. And, and like you said, uh, nurses like you and doctors that you work with weren't even trained on and don't, don't even know it really existed. It's because it's really because of the autism factor, which really got it going in the beginning. Right. Uh, where all the parents could put their uh, information through their pediatrician. Um, Wow. We've covered a lot of stuff here. Um, I don't even know what to say. I was going to say the pediatricians, they make money off of every vaccine that they, that they give. And I don't know if people know that or not, but doctors, they make money off of, you know, the pharmaceuticals that they push. And so it's very important, you know, a lot of doctors that really want to doctor, okay, and nurses that want to, you know, nurse practitioners help people, they're opening up concierge businesses. And that's the way to go. Because I can order a lab for someone for five bucks for a CBC, right? I mean, it's very inexpensive versus maintaining health insurance. If people just, you know, get out of the system, stop, stop paying into the health insurance and find a doctor that will actually help you, a provider that will actually get you off of those big pharma meds. I, I had my dad here in Arizona staying with me. He stayed with me for a month. And in that month, he got off his statin drugs that mm-hmm. he's been on for decades. He got off of omeprazole, off of his stool softeners off of his diuretic. I mean, this poor guy. And if he monitored his his food intake better, he could get off of his diabetes medication. But again, you know, there, there are lifestyle choices. There are things that people say, you know, I don't want to give it up. Like my dad said, I, I would rather give up my nicotine than sugar. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You're 78 years old. You're, you know, you do what you want. But to see the hope in his eyes, to see how much less he even had to be on his albuterol nebulizer, we switched that out with glutathione, mm. right? So a lot of people don't even know about that, but there's so many. Here's the thing. I had I did an interview with uh, an amazing physician, Dr. Artis, oh, and he yeah. said, um, what about um, big pharma, right? And we we're talking about big pharma And he said, what does big pharma do? And I was like, create drugs. And he said, big pharma takes what is in nature, what God gave us, and they manipulate it to make money. And I think if there's a big takeaway from your audience for them to understand that, that they already, that whatever we need to heal is already here on this earth. Yes. We don't need big pharma. We don't need injections and, and really start to look at that. There was another gentleman that I interviewed who said, if everybody just took off out their ornamental shrubs in front of the house and replaced that with a garden, the whole block 
could be could have food. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. He's like, it doesn't take a lot. People think that they need a big farm, yeah. but they don't, you know, and we just need to come back together as a community. Well, now you're talking my language because you're actually coming down to Medellin in November yeah. to see Mountains of Hope. And what you're going to see when you get there is two acres of 50 different vegetables that we grow right on property in the most virgin, purest soil you've ever seen in your whole life with no chemicals whatsoever. And that's what we all need to start doing. And, and I really believe, you talked a little bit about end times. I really believe, well, there's a major shift going on. I mean, that's obvious. And what I believe is that the systems, the old systems of education, the financial, the medical, all those systems are being exposed and will eventually collapse. Then what do we got? I believe that if enough of us will wake up, that believe in unity, community, integrity, integrity, responsibility. We can usher in a new consciousness. We can usher heaven back on the earth and we can create a better humanity. At least and, and it might end up where we have two worlds. We have that world over there and, and we create this beautiful <laughs> world over there. I don't know how it's going to play out. But I, I do think that we're we're here at, at a particular time in history that there's going to be a lot of pain and suffering and gnashing of the teeth. And they call it the great reset. I call it a great awakening and where the spirit of God is going to come back into this realm and strengthen us. But I think it's crucially important for everybody listening out there that is awake and wants to wake. Um, we got to get strong physically. We got to yeah. get super strong mentally. We got to get super strong emotionally and we got to get super strong spiritually. And that's the entire intention of Mountains of Hope is to clean the body, unclutter the mind, clear up emotional wounds, and have this great spiritual awakening where you become, you're vibrating at such a high frequency that you become powerful, and then you go back to your family, you go back to your community, uh, and, and the ripple effect starts to take place. So we all just got to do our little part. You're doing your little part. I'm doing my little part. I know you know Tim James, who's just a, a great inspiration for me. Um, and if we can all do our little parts that... At least we'll feel better <laughs> with whatever's right. going on. <laughs> it, but but it is difficult. I mean, I'm sure there's been a difficult time for you. Um, what, what, I'm still in it. Yeah. Yes. What what kind of pushback did you get once you became a whistleblower? I you know honestly, as far as people reaching out and and having death threats or any of that, I I haven't received any. Okay. I haven't received any. Um, you know, I'm not the the whistleblower story where they did this and they did that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like you know I I submitted to God in June of 2020 and I said, Father, just lead me, because I can't take this. I it, it had been enough. I I received more hate speaking out on social media. Um, from February to June. Yeah. That's yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. And now here, you know, I reach, you know, hundreds of thousands of people monthly and it's, and it's just wild, but, um, you know, I have lawsuits. I, you know, I have the pharmacist who's suing me. Uh, she tried to shut me down for my first amendment speech and the federal or the judge said that, um, he understood where she was coming from, even though it was her own words, uh, but that he would be teetering on the First Amendment. And I thought, oh, my gosh, OK, <laughs> well, so I won that. And then in November of last year, I had to mediate with 
um, HHS. And I had to go through the process. And then after all was said and done, I said, there's no amount of money that you could give me to stop me from seeing you guys in front of Congress uh, for the whole world to know. And it took the judge eight months, but in July, he said that I made non-frivolous allegations subject to further proof, and HHS has to turn over their entire agency file to me. Wow. And so that's happening. Um, I just, you know, like you were talking, Mike, I mean, we, we do. We all need to get back to what's important. Right. We talk about the doctors and, and people that really live in things of this world right? They're so used to operating at such a, you know, high standard of living. That's even me, I was a single mom, I still am, you know, I didn't want to leave my six figure job. That was cake. I mean, anybody that works with the government knows that you don't work that hard in the government, right? It's ran very inefficiently. Um, but you do what you can, um, hopefully, if you're there for the good intentions. Um, but I didn't want to leave it. I had $100,000 in student debt from my master's degree, okay? I did not want to walk away from it, but I have grit. I know what I'm made of. I know that there are other things that I could do, and there's no way that they could ever take away the education that I had. I could still help people, but I served God. You know, I don't serve man. I don't serve my paycheck. I don't serve my family and friends in that capacity where they could coerce me into doing something that I don't want to do. And, you know, so that's, that's where we're at with the, the lawsuit. Um, I have another one. Um, but, you know, I have amazing people that he's put in my life. Good. You know, we talk about all these doctors and nurses that have spoken up. And I'll tell you, it was very wild for me to meet them at first and hear, like, so why are you here? Why are you um, speaking? Like, what happened? And they're like, I was called to do it. You know, and for many of them, you know, I wasn't a churchgoer. I still don't go to a church. You know, my it's about a relationship. It's not about a religion. And those of us that were that humbled ourselves and, you know, put our integrity and our consciousness above all else, you know, are the ones that are speaking out. You know, there's a lot of us that had a lot to lose, but we've gained so much. And I am so excited to uh, bring my community to Mountains of Hope. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to experience this. It's going to be amazing and amazing. I'm thank you for creating something so special. And that is so needed in this world today. Well, thank you for that. We're looking forward to seeing you down here soon with with your child, I believe, as well, right? Yes, my my he'll be fourteen while we're there. Oh, yeah, cool. I can't wait. Then we're gonna uh, backpack over Europe for for about a month. How fun! So, Congratulations yeah. on that. Okay, so one, I really admire your courage, uh, and thank you for that and for stepping out. You know. I talk a lot about moving out of the head and being in the heart because I, they get away with this because so many people live here, which is ego, arrogance, and fear. And they push these buttons. But 
so people try to think their way out of this mess, and it was so confusing. Everywhere you turn, you know, you had America's frontline doctors, but then you had Fauci on TV every day with Trump, and, you know, Trump's supposed to be a hero, but Operation Warp Speed. I mean, it was confusing. But, guys, when you move here, okay, when you start feeling your way through life and not thinking your way through life, now you're connected to the creator. I believe a little piece of the creator is right here in all of us, and we are all connected through this field of infinite possibilities, which is right here. And then it, we can't get fooled. But, you know, I mean, I have four kids. I think half of them, two of them got uh, vaccinated, knowing my position. Um, because the brainwashing is so heavy and fear, and, you know, they got kids, and then there's parents, and then there's this, and it's like, wow, we, 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 we need to, and, and the thing that when you were speaking, one thing I want to say to you, you also have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror, be comfortable with Vinzier, and be comfortable in your own skin, and that's, that's where I applaud you, and that's where the courage comes from. Because you mentioned you're walking away from this job that was an easy, good job, um, and that creates some fear and anxiety, but because of your faith, you didn't have it, and because of your conviction, and um, you took action, and thank you, and God bless you for that. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. It's, you know, the, the Lord tells us for, I know the plans I have for you. Right. And it, it was interesting because I hadn't opened up a Bible in decades. I hadn't gone to church, but throughout the course of the last few years, I would just have scripture that I didn't even know that I had laid on my heart, just speaking to me. And I'm like, yeah. you're right. You're right. Don't fear, you yeah. know, don't fear, don't be worried. Don't be anxious, you know? And, um, yeah, no, it's it's right. And he speaks to us through our heart. And so we need to keep our heart open. Since you brought up scripture, I got to talk about one scripture I could never understand, but I think I finally figured it out. Huh. So in the scripture, Jesus says, if you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. And that always made no sense to me. But the way I see it now, let's just say over here, there's the Fauci's of the world. And over here, there's the beautiful souls like yourself that are awake. So you have good and evil. Let's just say to simplify. And let's say it's 10% here, 10% here. That 80% that are walking around, either their head buried in the sand because they're afraid or busy with their sports and they're partying and they're traveling and, and not caring about their fellow human being. Right. Those are the ones I think he's referring to. I think you need to take a stand somewhere, okay? Either over there or over here. But yeah. just don't ignore this stuff that's going on. There's so much suffering. You know, Mountains of Hope was created because of all this suffering I saw of these poor women with cancer that had no money, that had no hope. And so that's why we created Mountains of Hope, so that they can come. Because many of them wanted to go natural treatment, but there's no money for it. It's only insurance only pays for this, right? So that's why we created, we do one retreat a year just for them, pro bono. And we also do one every year for military guys that served in Iraq and, Af Iraq and Afghanistan that has been severely poisoned. Mm. Talk about vaccinations and the radiation um, and, and 25 a day are committing suicide and no one cares. And so right. this is what drives me nuts, you know, um, all this unnecessary suffering and, 
so all these other people can become multi multi billionaires and all these people are suffering there's an injustice martin luther king said that um an insult to justice anywhere is an insult to justice everywhere and um and that's what we're about here so yeah. Okay, so I'm out there. I've listened to you. Can I can I contact you if I need consulting or I need a nurse or what should I do? Yeah, thank you. Um, so actually today I am launching my private community and it's focused on gaining confidence, which is health, right? Mental and physical health, because you have to feel better in order to do better. Yes. You know, so many people say, oh, I want this, but you just don't have the energy to want to do it. So yes. uh, it's focused on confidence, courage, which is choosing faith over fear and calling, walking in God's will for your life and yes. not your own. And that's Perfect. where the true peace lies and it's community. So if people want to go to jodyomalleyrn.com, uh, I'm calling it the truth movement and I am opening up only until October 20th. And then we're going to work closely together before re-releasing it in 2024. I have had so many people ask me for one-to-one coaching and private coaching, but this is my new mission, Mike. Um, the Lord led me to blow the whistle and now he's leading me to, you know, to help protect the hearts and minds of humanity. And, and I'm hoping that this takes off in a very big way um, it, it's going to be very special and unique and, and powerful. And yeah, I can't wait. Well, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for what you've done for all of us. Uh, I, for one, greatly appreciate it. And I'm sure there's millions of others that do as well. God bless. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Well, I hope you liked this episode. I'm not sure if I want you to share it or not. I, I'm a little gun shy of these sensors out there, mm -hmm. uh, but, but follow your heart, you know, whatever your heart tells you to do, do it. Listen to your spirit because that's who you really are. And um, until next time, go out there and manifest the life of your dreams. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and supporting me in bringing my message of hope, health, and abundance to as many people as possible. Will you please like, subscribe, and share this podcast episode, and I hope one day to meet you at Mountains of Hope, a place for deep healing and transformation.